I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 298 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have got a great guest for you guys today. He is a first-class father and a world-class photographer. Michael Muller joins me today, and he has photographed all of the biggest Hollywood celebrities. He is one of the top key art photographers in the industry. He's worked on such films as The Avengers, Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Man, and so many others. But it is his pictures of sharks that are most impressive. Nobody photographs sharks like Michael Muller. He has got a phenomenal book available dedicated to his shark photos. I will include a link in the description of today's podcast episode if you'd like to check it out. Michael Muller will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And just as the rest of the world, I was shocked to learn of the death of Kobe Bryant, who died in a helicopter crash over the weekend alongside his 13-year-old daughter. I reached out several times to try to get Kobe Bryant on the podcast here. He was a first-class father all the way. My thoughts and prayers are with the Bryant family. And now the NFL has invited me back to Super Bowl Media Day to interview the players and coaches of Super Bowl 54 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. I'm curious to see what the tone is going to be down there in Miami amongst the players on the heels of this devastating tragedy in the sports world. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace or on Facebook, Alec Lace. I will be live streaming from the field as I ask the players about fatherhood and family life. Last year, I had the honor of interviewing Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and so many others. It was an incredible experience for me, and it really helped boost the popularity of the podcast here. I will be releasing my Super Bowl Media Day special edition episode on Friday, so you can hear all the sound bites before the big game on Super Bowl Sunday. Joining me on the podcast Wednesday will be Bill Klein, who, along with his wife Jennifer Arnold, have just crushed the world of reality TV with their show The Little Couple on TLC. Don't miss out on that. And later this week on Instagram, I will be revealing the guest from my 300th episode of First Class Fatherhood. So make sure you lock it into my Instagram account, at Alec underscore Lace, for that special announcement. And please, help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day. Right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with world-class photographer Michael Muller. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Nothing beats an American flag made in the USA, right? Well, how about an American flag made in the USA by veterans out of duty-worn fatigues from all branches of the military? That is exactly what you get with combat flags. Combat flags are handcrafted from duty-worn fatigues and offer a tangible piece of freedom to the American people. Each flag is accompanied by a professionally designed and printed card that tells the story of service of a soldier, marine, airman, sailor, or coastie who wore the fatigues used to make the flag. They are the real deal, Dad, so what are you waiting for? Visit CombatFlags.com and use the promo code FATHER, and First Class Fatherhood listeners will save 10% off their purchase. Veteran-owned, American-made. CombatFlags.com, promo code FATHER. All right, so uh, joining me now, First Class Father, Michael Muller. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Nice to meet you. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have three daughters. Uh, the oldest is 15 and a half, uh, and I know the half because she's getting her driver's permit, which is, <laughs> woo, 
and then I have twin girls that are 12 and a half, so three daughters. <laughs> what type of uh, sports or activities are the girls into? They're really, really active. They do uh, volleyball big time. They're on, uh, they're on traveling leagues. So volleyball, junior lifeguards during the summer, soccer, cross country, surfing. They do gymnastics so much anymore, but uh, and uh, rock climbing. Okay, wow, that's very cool. All right, if you could, Mike, just just please take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. You know, I am a I'm a professional photographer. I've been taking photos for 35 years now started when i was 15 shooting snowboarding and rock and roll when snowboarding first started so got published at like 15 uh and moved to la when i was 19 and started turn my lens towards fashion and then celebrities and continuing on with music but uh i have shot it all in the last 35 years you know sports politicians rock and roll sharks animals uh, UN Global Advocate. I do a lot of uh, sort of charity work, um, uh, children's hospitals, uh, refugee work with the UN, and uh, started directing, uh, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years ago, and um, have four years ago gotten into virtual reality, and I'm about to release, uh, it's sort of like the Blue Planet of VR, a 10-part VR series that takes you around the world underwater the most mind-blowing things you've ever seen yeah very cool yeah very impressive career michael and, and about how old were you when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life yeah i was uh, about 35 years old when i had clara and um you know we uh we wanted to my wife's uh, a couple years older than me uh and sort of were pretty quick to start having kids because we sort of both knew where we were each other's soulmates, which is great. Um, and uh, I, you know, unlike my parents, I don't know about yours, my parents had me and my sister when they were in their 20s, really young. Uh, I would have not have been a good father if I had kids in my 20s. I don't know how people have kids in their 20s. Um, I needed to experience life, mature, uh, and do a lot of work on myself before I was ready to have kids, which that works continued on with kids. Um, but yeah, it was uh, started at 35 and used to actually push Clara around in the stroller, look at people with twins and say, literally, thank you, God, that's not me. How do they do it? How do you do twins? Oh my God, I'm so glad that I don't have that. And sure enough, got myself a set of twins. <laughs> and my perception actually changed. It's amazing. Yeah, very cool. And, and, you know, photography, obviously, a major part of your world. And that's one thing that has changed so drastically from when I was a kid. My mother with the obviously she would always make the photo albums. My father had the camera as if he was on the sideline at the Super Bowl. The thing was huge. Now, today, we're all you know, we're, uh, we, I got to be honest, as a parent, you know, as a dad, we love to take a lot of pictures. Mine are so disorganized. Everything's in the cloud. You as a professional photographer, how do you go about as a dad taking pictures and storing them yourself? Yeah, uh, you know, one of the things I do is uh, for sure have a lot of these. They're called hard drives. And I have all of my photos backed up on actually triplicates. Um, I have a set here in my office, and then I have another set off-site. Because if this house were to burn down, all those hard drives burn, I have nothing. I'm done. But since I have a backup that's off-site, that's how you, I say, or on a cloud, say have your images up on a cloud. Definitely have them uh, stored in two places. 
you know, um, I try not to use my phone uh, with my photography. I actually try to use a camera when I'm taking pictures, but look, I'm guilty as charged taking a lot of photos of my kids and my family with the phones. As far as photo albums go, my wife literally puts together the most amazing hardcover books, I believe with Apple. Uh, we just did it for Christmas, each of the girls, like their whole lives and photos. And it was like this thick hardcover. And it's like, it's not much. It's maybe like 80 bucks or something. Depends on how many pages. Really cool way of making photo albums. Really great gift idea for your wife, uh, for all you fathers out there listening. Uh, it's putting together like a hardcover book photo album uh, for your wife for her birthday or Christmas because those are the gifts I think that comes from the heart that you took the time to do that be much more than a, a piece of jewelry or a watch or something. Yeah, I love that, Mike. And, and you know what? That is one of the things, too. Like, we used to, I used to carry photos in my wallet. I mean, people it, it used to show people the photo albums when they came over. And that stuff, I, I miss that kind of stuff when it does come to the actual photography because it seems like, you know, we never really share our pictures except on social media now. Um, and, you know, one thing I want to ask you, photography as a career, many, many dads have kids out there or parents have kids out there that are interested in photography. What would you suggest for them is the best route to pursue in order to get a career going in photography today? Well, you know, it's, it's, I think like any art form, photography is incredibly challenging, highly competitive uh, field to enter, especially now. When I started and you had to shoot like yourself, you were mentioning earlier, on a roll of film. And each photo, each image costs about 2 $3 because you had to buy the roll of film and you had to process it. Uh, you really took the time when you took a photo because it cost money. Unlike today where you're just like, shoot, 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 which is unfortunate. I mean, it's great to have that, but people don't take the time to really frame, really create a great image. They're just sort of shooting away and hopefully one get, they get lucky with it. I personally did not go to, well, I went to Otis Parsons for one semester, uh, got advanced placement because of my uh, snowboarding and rock and roll pictures and entered as a junior. Uh, and in that one semester, I asked one of my instructors, what do I need a diploma for? Like, do I have to show this to do a, a Marvel job or an album cover? And they were like, no, you only need that if you want to teach. So I said, okay, well, at the time, I was having to shoot three or four rolls a day, which you have to pay for. And I started um, testing models and got paid to learn because they were paying me 50 a roll, and it was 100 a roll, and then 150 a roll. And I was trying out new films and learning as I, I got paid to learn instead of paying to learn. And I have had numerous, uh, numerous students leaving these, I won't say their names, but leaving these art colleges and coming and assisting me. And they're like, man, I learned more working with you in two months than I did in four years in college, and I owe $300,000 in student loans. So, you know, but now with digital, and I've watched it all over the last 20 years, you know, these young kids coming in with their 5D and willing to do the jobs for nothing, you know, which is great for them, but at the same time, they don't have the experience. So when you have art directors and talent, everyone, you know, they crumble a lot of the times so under the pressure. Um, what I tell students and young people, listen, if you want to be a photographer, shoot, 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 shoot. Like, be shooting every day. Shoot what you know. Shoot what you love. If you're into skateboarding, shoot skateboarding. If you are into horses, you know, start shooting horses uh, and documenting it. Um, and you really got to be a hustler. Like, this taking the actual photo is only one little part of being a photographer. Uh, there's so much more that goes into it. The networking, the meeting clients, the showing your work, getting your foot in the door, 
and taking advantage of those moments once you have your front door of closing the deal, securing the job, and getting the shit. Yeah, very well said. And of course, you know, as fathers, as parents, we try to get these family pictures. And usually we always have the one child that never uh, cooperates during the photo. You, you've got so much experience shooting both, uh, you know, kids, people, as well as animals. Which, which one is harder or which one do you prefer? Or how, what is the big difference between shooting animals and then shooting people? Listen, my kids don't listen to me. Uh, you know, I am, you know, one of the top photographers in the world. <laughs> they care less. They do not listen to me. So uh, I feel all of your listeners out there, you're not alone. It doesn't work for me either. So I would definitely probably say shooting my kids might be one of the toughest subjects out. With that said, um, I love shooting animals. I love, you know, I always do personal projects. Um, that's actually how sharks started uh, because I don't have clients. There's no motive. It's just the pure, the art of it and me uh, sort of wanting to raise the bar. I always try to raise the bar and shoot things in ways that haven't been done before or haven't seen before. I do not spend any time online looking at other photography. Uh, one, because I don't have the time. I'm out working and creating my own, and I don't want to be influenced by others. I want to be influenced by my own creativity. So that's what I do with that. Um, but I love taking pictures. You know, in 35 years, I've never woken up, not one day, and went like, oh, I gotta go to work today. And that is priceless for me. That's priceless because I know a lot of people that are miserable in their jobs and that is life is short. You know, life is so short. So I really believe follow your dreams. Don't don't follow the dollar signs uh, and you'll be fine and you'll enjoy your experience here on this planet, which is short and sweet. Yeah, great advice right there, Michael. And, and Why is First Class Fatherhood climbing to the top of the podcasting charts? Listen to what dads like UFC President Dana White, legendary New York City radio host Greg T, and Navy SEAL David Rutherford have to say about the podcast. What a cool podcast. It's one of the coolest ones I've ever did. And congrats, seriously, I mean it. What a cool podcast concept, and uh, I I love it. Good for you, man. Continued success. Dude, I love this podcast, man. Your questions are phenomenal, bro. Phenomenal. I am really happy, and I can tell you honestly, I'm proud to be a part of it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Alec, and, and God bless you and what you're doing. Keep it up. Uh, I think the uh, compiling this many fathers and this much great information is going to be uh, invaluable in so many ways. So I, I wish you all the best, brother. So let's go, dads. We are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers. Subscribe to First Class Fatherhood today. Also, too, um, you know what? Let me rein this back into you as a dad here for a second. What, what type of disciplinarian are you as a father? Are you? I, I know you have three girls. I mean, I'm definitely a little different when it comes to my, my youngest, my daughter, than I am with my three uh, boys. So what type of disciplinarian are you when it comes to being a dad? Spanker, timeout guy, how do you handle it? Yeah, you know, it's, there's a total different dichotomy, dynamic. Listen, I don't have a son, but I know there's a different dynamic between fathers and their sons and fathers and their daughters. What I hear, they're a lot harder on their sons and their daughters. You know, daughters get us wrapped around their fingers, so to speak, I hear. Uh, I know, you know, mine have a little. I came up with the spanking and the paddles and belts. I came up in that world uh, being, you know, growing up. I do not uh, take that approach to disciplinarian. Um, I discipline my kids with, especially nowadays, the phone. Because there's not a lot of leverage I have on my kids, but 
you take away their electronics and yeah, you get some leverage. So that has been a, a great tool. It's almost like it, we gave them phones so that we could take them away. Literally, um, I, I actually do hate the internet. If I could push a button right now and turn it off, I would. I don't think it's brought us closer together as a people. I think it's actually separated people. I can go out and see people looking at each other at concerts and everyone's holding up their phones. Anyways, that's a whole other topic. But uh, what I do, what I did do know is that the more you try to control your kid or the, the more I, I think I would try to control my kid, uh, the more they're going to rebel, uh, the more they're going to want to push their will. So I was like, if I'm like that with my daughter, she's going to be outside my window with the quarterback doing what I don't want her to be doing. So I um, do not shame or uh, yell at my kids uh, throughout their growing up when they've done something that I am not pleased with. Um, in fact, that is probably one of the most powerful things, at least from my experience, that I can say to my daughter is, I'm really disappointed in you. And it crushes them. That crushes them more than any spanking will do. Uh, I spent a lot of time with my kids. Uh, I had two heads of studios tell me when Clara was like six months, they were on their second marriage with their starting their new families. And they said, Michael, I miss it. I was working and I didn't, I wasn't there for my kids and I regret it. Don't make that same mistake. Uh, and I really, that really resonated with me. So fortunately with my job, uh, you know, I do travel a lot, but when I'm home, I take my kids to school. I pick them up. I pretty much been to every game. And a lot of times I am the only dad there. I go to their games, I take my daughters on shark expeditions, where it's just me and my girls, and I talk with them a lot. And what that has uh, given me today is that my 15 and a half old, if any of you out there have tweens, you know what I'm talking about. Once they hit that 13, 14 age mark, they become completely different people. Socializing comes into play and all of that. And what I don't get is the hand. I don't get the door shut on me. I actually talk with my daughter about vaping and the kids that are vaping and, and the drinking and the things that are really going on that a lot of kids don't talk to their parents about. My daughter tells me a lot of her friends are annoyed because their parents want to be friends with them. And I'm like, wouldn't you look at me? And she's like, oh, not that and not extreme disciplinarian. And that's what I want to be, balance in the middle. I don't want to be my daughter's friend or her dad. Uh, but at the same time, I want to be a trusting relationship where the communication is key. So I know what's going on in her life because not knowing is the worst. If you don't put that time in at the beginning, it's so much more difficult when they're older to try to earn that, that, that uh, relationship. Yeah. And I think it's very important what you say. One of the things I talk about a lot on my show is the, is the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country. Far too many kids are growing up without a father in their life. And I think we see the results of that are just devastating all over our community. So uh, I love what you say there about being involved and being present. Uh, so important. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, since being a dad, have you taken on any less dangerous roles like as far as shooting with the sharks or getting in there? Do you do you um, have you changed the way that you go about your job as a result of being a dad? I mean, no, but yeah, a little. I mean, I, I don't. In fact, my daughters have joined me. Right? Clara's been on four great white expeditions. She started at 10 years old you know, in the cage, watching me out of the cage with gray whites. And, and, you know, I said to her, I remember that first trip, I don't think I want to bring you in the cage, you know, because I didn't want to scare her. She's like, no, 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 I'm going. I'm like, okay, listen, no matter what you see that happens outside the cage, don't worry, don't freak out. We got it under control, which I knew we did. Um, but I don't, with, 
with that said, because life to me is, I'm much more likely to get hit by a car when I leave my office here and hang up with you than I am getting be attacked by a shark. Uh, I don't take unnecessary risks. In fact, I'm the opposite. I'm a very big risk assessment guy. Like I've never, I've never uh, parachuted. I've sort of wanted to, but I, I'm not. I'm like, I don't want to jump out of a good plane and then the fear of pulling and it not working and then pulling and it not working and being <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to splat in the ground in 20 seconds. This is my last 20 seconds of my life. Uh, so I haven't done that. I haven't bungee jumped off bridges. Like, I don't do risky stuff. To you, it might think it's extremely risky to swim with sharks the way I do. To me, it's not. Uh, and I have a lot of friends, it's funny, like Laird Hamilton, who surfs huge waves. Like, I have no desire to do what he does yet, or Jimmy Chin climbs on the free climbs. And, but he has no desire to swim with great whites. Like, it's really funny, but I appreciate what they do in their, in their specific fields. But I've spent thousands of hours masquerading how to swim with sharks. So it's just, I put in the time to do what I do, which is why I do what I do. Uh, you have to earn it. You, you have to earn it like anything else, just like photography. I had to earn it. I had to earn that ability and that experience. The only way to do that is by doing yeah, very cool. All right, and speaking about doing it, what what kind? Of, we just hit the new year here. A lot of people with some uh, resolutions and goals and plans. What kind of goals or plans do you have for yourself here for the year for the future? Well, it's a new decade, uh, and I have a really good feeling in my gut, which is what I always go by. That 2020 is going to be an amazing year. And so far, it has been. Uh, I'm a big believer in manifesting. I think people underestimate the power of their mind, and what you visualize, what you think, is your reality. If you think, oh man, shitty, stuff's going to be, it's going to be a bad year, bad year. Yeah, you're going to have a bad year. Uh, and if you start really seeing and manifesting positive things, you're going to have positive things because it's just, it's a powerful tool we have that I think we underuse and, and don't appreciate the power of our mind and our perception. So I am uh, taking on 2020. I don't really make resolutions. I think every day we wake up, we have a choice to how we're going to live our lives. Uh, and you know what? But one thing I've done recently is I stopped eating meat. Uh, meat is a really, livestock is causing climate. It's, it's 36, 40% of the climate you know, crisis we have right now is due to livestock and meat. And I saw that movie Game Changers. I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna try it for a month and see if I have less inflammation. And sure enough, I did, like night and day. So that was one thing I've really started trying to do is not eat meat and dairy, one for the planet, two for my own well-being. So things like that, which is something oh. we all can do. Like, you know, our hearts go out Australia and we're this and that. It's like we need to, as a people, really start making huge changes because we are facing some serious problems right now as a planet and as a species. So we all need to make some, some big changes if, we're, if our kids and their kids are going to have the planet that we do. Yeah, I, I think what you said there is important, too, because it's like before we can go about changing the world, we got to change ourselves first. We got to lead ourselves because some people want to change the planet and they got their whole life is in disorder. So it's like really leading yourself first before we start making those changes is key. Yeah, well, that's how you change the planet, by changing your own behavior. That's how we change. Yeah. All right. Last thing I want to hit you with here. I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for the new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? You know, the first thing I would say is savor every moment because you'll hear it goes quick. It goes so fast. Like you blink and you're like, oh, my God, my kid's 10. It goes really fast. Uh, don't listen to other people's uh, experiences like, oh, the twos are going to be horrible. Da -da. 
you're going to have your own experience. And so enjoy every moment of it because it goes fast. Just try to be as present as you can for your kid. If you're on the phone the whole time, uh, and they watch what we do, not what we say. And they don't miss a beat. You know, those kids are just looking around and they're watching it all. So if you're going to you know, change your kid's diapers or sit with that little baby on your lap, you know, be with that kid. Be with it. Connect with that kid. It's the most amazing experience of your life. Uh, and uh, you're God in that kid's eyes. You are the Almighty. Uh, so just recognize that uh, that is a is a big uh, big responsibility. I think we have uh, as fathers. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me, uh, Michael Muller. You are a first class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alec, and good yeah, good good Happy New Year to you and to all your listeners out there. Great dads. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Michael Muller for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you are locking it in to my Instagram or my Facebook account, at Alec underscore Lace, or just Alec Lace on Facebook. I will be live streaming from the field media day down in Miami for Super Bowl 54, interviewing the players and the coaches about fatherhood and family life for the podcast here don't miss out on that it's going to be special that's all i got for you guys right now i'm alec lace thank you for listening to first class fatherhood and please remember guys we are not babysitters we are fathers and we're not just fathers we are first class fathers Sometimes